From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. Hope that you had a great weekend. We are ready to go. Full week of shows lined up for you and lots of great guests coming. We uh, tweeted last night that we were looking for some input from our listeners with regard to the guest list this week, and you guys uh, hit me with a bunch. So I appreciate it. We're going to get as many of those uh, suggestions on this week as we can. Producer Dan is here, and uh, the whole crew is here. D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra. John DeShazer, David Wesley has stopped by. Yes, crowd goes wild, and yours truly here, Sean Kelly. We've got Jonathan Stinchcomb on the show today. It'll be our usual Monday visit with him to wrap up the uh, Saints preseason win over the Raiders on Friday night. And we're going to talk college football today as well. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports is going to stop by. Gentlemen, you all have a good weekend. How'd it go? Great weekend. Man, I'm loving life right now. Yeah? Yeah, play a little golf. Not very well, but love to play. You got to get out there. I'm, well, I'm a little busy. Shake your sticks off. Let's I, go. I've been working. You and John, what a day that would be. How, how do you like this guy coming in here yeah. telling us about his relaxing yeah, weekend? Yeah, talking were... about golf. Yeah, you'll catch me out there, all right? Yeah, as long as um, as long as there's a cooler on the cart, you know, on the uh, on on the cart, I'll be I'll, I'll be out there. That can be arranged. Well, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, sure. That will be my. The that's problem my golf is game. having a day to do it. Unlike the man of leisure over here. Well, yeah, you know he's the king of leisure. Yes, you know when you when you have that much time, it's leisure. It's, it's not leisure. leisure. Very yeah. good. Now Very I just good. need a leisure suit. <laughs> I'm all in. That can be a Raiders too. Uh, we've got some Saints news today. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Stinch about the game on Friday night. But uh, there is a report this morning that uh, personnel changes are on the way for the Saints. That Seneca Wallace has been waived by the Saints. Um, and so we have yet to get confirmation on that from Saints PR, uh, and Wallace may not be the only guy out today. So keep your eye on NewOrleansSaints.com as when uh, when Saints PR and uh, head coach Sean Payton are ready to uh, confirm or deny or add to uh, those reports, they will do so. But I have a feeling we're going to have news on that front today. Again, the, re- the uh, initial report this morning is that uh, – Seneca Wallace has been waived by the team, so and and that may not be the only move. But anyway, that that'll be a part of our uh, NewOrleansSaints.com coverage later on today. Practice today is from four until six. Are they inside or out, JD? Uh, inside. Practice. Inside. Practice. Practice. Yes. yes. Inside. Okay. Inside today. So we'll have coverage for that for you as well with an afternoon wrap. So uh, lots to do on the show today. I'm going to get these guys' thoughts on uh, some of the other things that went on in sports over the weekend. Uh, so I'm anxious to hear about that and uh, a whole lot more. We're going to get right to our first time out, though, because I want to get Stinch up and running uh, in segment two here with regard to his uh, postgame analysis of the Saints and Raiders from Friday night. Pat Forty later, and these two guys will join me as well as we move through this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? 
that we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Eric, general manager of the Raising Canes in Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raisin Cane's is fan's best friend. Fresh, never frozen chicken fingers, made fresh daily cane sauce, and a friendly Cane's crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raisin Cane's, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Welcome back to the show. It's our weekly chat with John Stinchcomb. After we uh, get done with the game weekend, we are going to check in with Stinch and get his thoughts on how things went. Of course, John was involved in the broadcast again on Friday night when the Saints took down the Raiders 28-20 to in preseason play. Stinch, uh, did you have fun on Friday night back in the Big Easy? I did. I'm, I'm enjoying being back in the Superdome. It's back in the Superdome for game night. Well, I think that we had a lot of fun watching what we watched in the first half. It sure was a big difference from week one. Give me your thoughts on what you saw there in the first two quarters. Well, it was encouraging, to say the least. It reminded me of the preseason game we went out to Oakland for, and it seemed like everything was clicking offensively. There was great rhythm early on uh, the passing game. It uh, seemed like they could do no wrong from – long passes to mid-range stuff, play action. It didn't matter what they were trying. And then um, the third or fourth series, they started to feature the run heavily, and uh, Ingram looked good as well as Sproles in a variety of inside and outside zones. So offensively, that first half was nice. Um, defensively, what a welcome change and surprise that's been, and that, uh, that there's been a lot of pressure created from a variety of players and different personnel groupings. Um, considering how many quote-unquote penciled-in starters and in the linebacking core have not been available, including Junior Gallat and Curtis Lofton, uh, Jonathan Vilma. Uh, with all those guys out, they've still been able to put together great performances, in my opinion, the, the first two weeks. John, I, I, I couldn't help but think that the Raiders were awful. Um, so how do you... How do you gauge whether or not you've you've had growth on both sides of the ball when you play a team like that 
or do you look at the whole body of work through two games? What's what's the best way for us to see whether or not they're taking the right steps? Well, they're going to face better teams than the Oakland Raiders. They're you know the Oakland Raiders are in a rebuilding phase, and uh, they've got a lot more question marks than answers right now. But they're still an NFL team, and uh, it, it's still a good barometer, and, and you want a good performance. So I, I don't underestimate uh, the value of the Saints going out and playing the way they did by, by any means. And you still gain a lot from that. Um, those are those are professional athletes across from them, both offensively and defensively. And I, to, in my opinion, it was a great performance. And, and what should be expected when you're trying to put together a, a playoff-worthy team. The uh, receiver battle is fun to watch, to say the least. It sure seems like uh, Nick Toon and Kenny Stills are making this a camp-long discussion at this point. Which is a good thing. Uh, a lot of teams are struggling to find weapons, and, and the Saints seem to have a glut of them, especially at receiver. Um it, it it's it's played itself out well first couple of weeks. I, you you have to like the way Tune and Stills have played. Uh, Stills had some opportunities in week one that he kind of let slip by, and then rebounded with some vengeance in week two. So um, that's it. That's a great thing. And, and when you play an NFL season, you want as many weapons as possible because, you know, there are going to be injuries and hamstring pulls at the wide receiver position, I mean, it's every year. So you've got to have a stable ready uh, to step up and step in and not let there be any drop-off. And I think that's what they're trying to put together right now. Former Saints lineman Jonathan Stinchcomb, our guest as usual here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, John, if you look at the number of um, offensive snaps Pass versus run, it's it's very balanced through two preseason games. And I know that's by design, and I know that's wanted by Sean Payton and his staff. The numbers for the rushing side, though, yards per carry, they had 83 against uh, against Oakland. Do, do the Saints have to run the ball better? Will that will that come? How, you know, what was your take on how the running game has been going? Well, I think it's a work in progress. I still think they're trying to find a, a running game identity. And week to week, they're going to feature different runs. I mean, that's that's the preseason where, uh, you know, this past week it was probably three or four main runs that you feature and some of your main staples uh, that you have in every game plan. But those are different. You saw a different run package against the Chiefs than, than what you had in the, against the Raiders. And you're just working yourself through the playbook. What fits your personnel, what uh, plays the, the offensive line is excelling at, and what, what you really want to feature when it's regular season time and, and you see the myriad of defenses that you're going to face, what works best with your personnel. So uh, I, I think it's heading in the right direction. I, I think they're saying the right things and that you, you've got to have a balanced attack. Um, when you want to be successful and you look at the teams that are perennially, they're able to find some sort of balance. And it's not going to be the same. And the Saints are always going to be a um, a passing team. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So uh, you, you really have to make it worthwhile to take the ball out of his hands and, and give it to somebody else. You're leading us to a great topic because you, you talked about the deliberateness of the preseason and almost the um... – 
the laboratory work that goes into things. You know, I found it interesting they had they had Hartley doing some of the kickoffs on Friday night just because they know that he'll get it in a spot where they can really evaluate their kickoff coverage. I mean, if Morstead goes out there, he'll hammer it into the stands every time. John, as a former player, were there other things that you saw on Friday that a fan who's not, I guess, able to see it um, might not be able to see whether or not, okay, they're really running just this portion of the playbook as far as the run game, or they're, they're sending a guy out there to kick differently because they have to evaluate this. What is underneath the surface of the game that you saw on Friday that, that, that tells us what they were trying to work on? Well, each, each preseason game you feature different things. Uh, same in the regular season. Uh, we don't carry the same plays uh, from week to week. You feature different things. So that, as you work through the playbook, and really, I'm sure by game one, they didn't have everything installed, including goal line and, and some of their empty package which is what you saw more of against the Raiders. So that no-back, five-wide-receiver set stuff, well, that, you didn't see that in week one, possibly because it wasn't even installed yet. Um, but you want to get the reps against a, a different defense and not something that's carded in practice. So each week you feature different things. Now, by week three, game three, your your entire playbook should be installed, and I'm sure it is. So... Um, then you're really focusing on plays that you want to work on and schemes that um, you feel good about without really having to show your whole hand, and especially on defense. You you have a new coordinator in Rob Ryan, and he's not going to show everything that's in his bag of tricks in preseason. So, yeah, I'm sure there are going to be glimpses of different packages that he has just so uh, when week one rolls around, the Atlanta Falcons have a lot to think about and stuff that he, Coach Ryan might not even carry into week one, but that's something that the Falcons have to prepare for, uh, which which serves as an advantage for those teams that have the new coordinators and coaches. It's our weekly pro scheme wrap-up with Jonathan Stinchcomb here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, John, before, you, before we get uh, out of our conversation here today, I get, want to get your thoughts on Seneca Wallace's uh, – chances on Friday night and uh, also maybe just the second half in general. What, what should be the takeaway from, from that action? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a regrettable performance for Seneca. He's a, he's a veteran player in this league, and he's coming off an injury. And sometimes when you do that and you feel like you've missed out on opportunities uh, to compete, you see this as, in, as your lone chance to get out there and perform well, and you start pressing and forcing and, uh, you're, you're probably not 100%, and all of a sudden you're making more mistakes than otherwise you would. And um, I think the staff probably has a better handle of the player that Seneca is than uh, the fans that only can base their evaluations on one half of football. Um, so, so I'm sure the staff has a better grasp on that than we would. Um, just looking at the game, you would think that, uh, you know, he, he didn't play well. And so that's a challenge, and you're basing it only off a handful of uh, series of, of play, whereas Luke last week came out and he played well and seemed to manage the offense and spread the ball and seem comfortable. And um, so if you're just basing it off on game performance, then 
you know, your heart goes out for Seneca because it's an opportunity missed. Preseason game number three this week is at Houston. You're going to play a quality opponent. It should be a, a nice uh, barometer on where things are. Give me, um, give me what it's like for players. You're at this stage in camp. The starters are going to play their most uh, snaps in preseason game number three. How are they? How are they viewing this week? Well, as a starter, you know that this is you're going to see your most action in, in game three, and it's probably the most influential evaluation for those guys, for the starters and known commodities than, than any of the other four preseason or three preseason games. Um, so you want to go out and play well, especially against a good opponent. Um, you know, it, it seems to always line up that the Saints and Texans are going to have a preseason game together, um, usually a couple practices that precede that. So it gets it gets spirited. Um, they're they're a, a program that feels like they're in contention each year, as as do the Saints. So in preseason, you you kind of want to show who's got the bigger stick early on, and uh, you get out there and and you start battling, and uh, it gets lively, which is which is a good thing. I mean, it, it's about as close as you're going to come to regular season tempo and competitiveness as as it gets. Good stuff, John. As always, appreciate it. I hope you enjoy your week, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you next uh, Monday. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. You got it. John Stinchcomb, everybody. He is our guest again on this uh, post-game wrap-up, uh, this segment of the Black and Blue Report, and we'll be back with more right after this. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N- nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Eric, general manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Canes is fan's best friend. Fresh, never frozen chicken fingers made fresh daily cane sauce and a friendly Canes crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Canes, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. 
I want to thank Jonathan Stitchcomb for stopping by again. Uh, this black and blue report, I guess we'll see him again next Monday. That's a Sunday game, the Saints and Texans Sunday afternoon. That'll feel more like an NFL weekend. And then right into the Miami game to wrap up the preseason. Finally, that game is a week from Thursday. So they'll travel Saturday, play Sunday, probably have Monday off, John, I would think. And then practice Tuesday, travel Wednesday, play Thursday at Miami. It's going to feel like an NBA schedule for those guys. Uh, very much so. And I'm sure it's going to be a light practice. You know, football's a little bit more physical than hoops. So, uh, you know, going to get those guys off their, off their feet, probably get some good massages and, and uh, do a little walkthrough before they head to, to Miami. All right. So, uh, Pat Forty still to come on today's Black and Blue Report. We're going to talk college football. We'll even ask him about LSU and uh, SEC. And if there's anybody other than the SEC that can win the national championship this year, that conversation coming up. David's shaking his head no. no not even not, your beloved Baylor Bears and the Big 12 or anything else? Are they still Big 12, right? Uh, yes, I, I believe they said. <laughs> I think they are, but the Big it's kind of hard to keep up. Right, right. I can't Stop. keep track. Stop. That's not necessary. <laughs> It's not necessary at all. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. All right. Did you watch the uh, Yankees-Red Sox game last night, or at least the highlights from the fallout of that? I I did not. I saw some highlights. I mean, you know, everything is kind of so A-Rod toxic now that I just, you know, I don't know if I can watch the Yankees without, you know, I don't want to listen to A-Rod all all the time. But, yeah, I saw some of it. I saw some highlights. Did it seem – it seemed to me that, okay, this was probably the the bigger story of the weekend uh, with – we'll get to the Keller situation in a moment, but – Dempster hits A-Rod last night. He he throws it behind him first pitch, then comes inside on two more, and then on a 3-0 count decides to go ahead and then plunk him. Well, that's the problem. I mean, you've made your point the first one, okay? You don't have to now exacerbate the situation by continuing to throw at the guy. You've made your point. You threw it behind him. Get it, get it over with. You got it out of your system. And now, let's now be done with it because now you make him into a sympathetic figure, which, you know, Alex Rodriguez, a sympathetic figure, really? Come on. I, you know, I'll tell you this, though, Dub. I mean, with, with the way that things are going with the Yankees right now, what I would want right now, you can have hard knocks, basketball wives, duck dynasty, all of them, and throw them in the dumpster right now because what I want right now is I want all access – Yankees, and Bud Selig's office. I mean, I want cameras everywhere. I want the whole reality show experience because I think it'll be the best thing on television. Can you imagine being around that circus right now? It's definitely made for TV. They got so much going on. But back to the pitcher, I'd like to know what's going on with his location because I'm assuming that first pitch was meant to hit him and he tried two more times to kind of be close. But, uh, yeah, I I would love to see that too because it's so much going on there that – uh, it, it it would be exhausting to watch every day. There's good guys. There's villains. I mean, then last night, not only does he get plunked, but then two of bats later, he comes up and hits a bomb. I mean, a legitimate bomb off this guy, and the Yankees. Wait, go wait, on the wait, win. wait, wait! A legitimate bomb from Arod? Is it? Well, you well know, uh, let me back up. Wow. Let, me, let me back that thing up. See, that was that was unnecessary. Ouch. That was unnecessary. The best I, sign, I'm though. Sorry. The I, best I, sign, though, at Fenway was somebody had actually taken this. You know, the street sign that says pedestrian crossing. Yeah. P.E.D. Crossing. Wow. Somebody had brought that and held that up. I was like, aha, wow. that's pretty good. That is that's pretty, pretty good. good. That's pretty good. Um, the other thing that caught my eye was the highlight of uh, Dustin Keller getting his knee just completely destroyed in that preseason game uh, for the Miami Dolphins. I can't remember the cornerback who hit him, but uh, took him down low. And so, and, and David and John both, you're, you're, you're not just – in the business, but you're also just big-time football fans. So now we've had 
all this talk about you can't hit a guy up high anymore. The headshots are going away from the NFL. And, and now, after they took away chop blocks for these offensive linemen, now you've got others saying, well, now you can't say we, we can't hit him in the knees either. So the strike zone or where you can hit a guy, it sure seems like it's going to be hard to keep football the way we've known football to be. And I'm all for player safety and all that, but well, are you trading one type of injury for another? Because now we're seeing all these knees go out and there are going to be more. I mean, how's this, how's this going to well, work? Here's the problem. The, the strike zone has shrunk even more. When you're going to make contact with a, with a guy who's got the ball, ball carrier, whatever, when he ducks his head to try to you know either avoid or initiate, now if, if it's helmet to helmet, there still is a penalty on the defender. Therefore, the defender is going to go even lower, which makes him go for the legs, which is how Dustin Kelly ends up getting his knee blown out. And that's what's going to happen. If the strike zone is so small between the shoulder and the waist or, you know, the, the, the thigh or whatever it is, and the guy can duck his head and, and shrink it even smaller, he's just going to go lower. And that's what happened in that situation. I, I think that, that like, like you're saying, I think the injuries are going to continue to show. I don't know that it's going to stop injuries. It may change the type of injuries. But, and then some guys are just going to play, play the football game. They're going to hit with their instincts and, and go after guys the way they always go after and their wallets will shrink because of it. But it's hard to be that precise when you're out there just trying to tackle a guy that physical and that fast, and you just get it done any way possible. Well, okay, let's take it, let's take it into your wheelhouse here with basketball. We grew up watching basketball being played much differently, much more physical. You could actually manhandle a guard. Uh, even the post play, there was much, it was a much more physical game. There's no doubt, right? right. We're not denying that. So it's a different game today than what we grew up watching and maybe even different from when you actually started your career right. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So if, we're gonna, if we saw like a sea change in basketball and still basketball now is more popular than ever, can, we, can football survive a similar type of sea change, if you will? Oh, football is going to survive. It, you know, the popularity is going to be there. Right. You know, people are going to watch. But you get where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. But, I mean, it's still going to be the most viewed sport, you know, in America. And, and can we back up to Davis playing days when they played in the ca- canvas Chuck Taylors? You know, that was a wow. different era. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, um, ignoring that comment, I think, I think to what you're saying, basketball, when you're taught in high school and junior high, is – really kind of non-contact. You're not allowed to push, hand check, arm bar, and even in college. That was a huge jump to get to the league. Now all of a sudden you're trying to get by a guy and he's got his hand on his hip. So really they made it more streamlined from college to to the pros. Whereas football, how, how do you take away what you're actually trying to do? You're just trying to do it softer mm-hmm. or trying not to hurt a guy when – your whole career, you've been taught knock his head off, and now they're trying to change where you can hit a guy, how you can hit a guy. I think it's going to get more defenders hurt because if they're trying to be more precise and hit somebody exact, then they're going to end up taking shots from offense because offense can just run right through you. All right, David Wesley, John DeShazer, Sean Kelly here on the Black and Blue Report. And we'll continue after this, and we'll throw Pat Forty into the mix. We'll get even more crowd in this room after these messages. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? 
or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer MyAuctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice? Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. The second annual Saints Back to Football Run presented by Chevron will be held on Saturday, August 31st. The 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint Stations, will be on hand to cheer on participants, and a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt, a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bag. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. College football is getting closer and closer, so I thought we'd start the week off getting a heavy hitter from the college football world. And that guy, of course, is Pat Forty from YahooSports.com. And, and get, get his perspective on how things are lining up here as we finally get ready for college football to kick off, much like we've been talking about the NFL here of late. And he uh, joins us this, uh, this Monday, this, uh, this glorious Monday. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Pat, where do we find you today? Because I know you're all over the country this time of year. Yeah, I am uh, home in Louisville, Kentucky today, but uh, we'll be going to Texas tomorrow and many uh, many other places after that as we get rolling into, into game week next week. How, how do you prepare? I mean, do, do you um, – is it much like the NFL national guys? Are you, are you hitting campuses throughout the, company, or the country to get a, get a first look, if you will? Yeah, I'm trying to, to just kind of cherry pick uh, some spots that that I can get to relatively easily. Um, you know, I, I I was at the British Open and missed a couple of uh, media days, so I, I'm a little bit behind there. But I uh, went to Tennessee where they got new coach Butch Jones. Went to uh, Cincinnati, new coach there Tommy Tuberville. Uh, went to Ohio State and saw Urban Meyer and the the Buckeyes who, you know, they think they could have a second straight undefeated season and they're off probation and have something to play for. Now get down and, uh, and see Mac Brown and, uh, and Texas, uh, this week. So, you know, trying to get around and, and pay attention to what's going on everywhere. Pat, you wrote about Ohio state last week and I'm curious, you know, the, the, the all the preseason polls are out now and I, and I guess it's, it's pretty, pretty much a given that everybody thinks that it's Alabama, then Ohio state. Are they getting it right? Uh, I, you know, if I had to fill one out and I didn't, but if I did, I would put Alabama number one for sure. I think they have earned the right to be there until proven otherwise. 
Uh, number two, I, I might be tempted to go Oregon. You know, I think I think the Pac-12 teams, Oregon and Stanford, are both really good. Ohio State is good, and I think they may be better than last year. But but I don't think they were great last year. I think they were the, the they were 12 and 0 by benefit of having played a soft schedule uh, in a in a bad Big Ten. And I think this year looks similar from that standpoint. I, I think, like I said, better than last year, but still, I'm not sure they're a great team. I wouldn't be surprised if they're 13 and 0 and overrated to a degree. Uh, going into to play uh, maybe an SEC champion in the big BCS championship game. If not Ohio State, is there anyone out there, Pat, that can knock the SEC off of this run of national championships? I think the Pac-12 teams do have a chance. I think Oregon, even even if you lose Chip Kelly, you take him out of the mix, the coach, uh, I think this was going to be maybe his best team this year if he had been coaching it. Uh, you know, you, you lose him and you wonder about, the leadership. I don't worry about the the offense and the way it's run and that you know up tempo attack that they have because Mark Helfrich, who is the offensive coordinator, is now the head coach. That will be the same. But is he as good a leader? Is he as good an all around tactician, motivator, that sort of thing uh, as his predecessor? That's the question there. But I, I think Oregon's going to be really good. I think Stanford is extremely good. They're going to be just lights out on defense. If they can get a running back to come through, uh, they they found their quarterback midway through, or even two thirds of the way through the season last year. Kevin Hogan, redshirt freshman, and uh, the way he played at the end of the year, I think he's ready to have a big season. So, I think those two stand as as the best uh, competition for the SEC, and then I think you'd look at Ohio State after that, and and maybe a Florida State or Clemson out of the ACC, but the ACC has tended to be overrated. And Louisville, I think, is a dark horse shot at it because they've got a schedule that is going to give them a chance to be undefeated. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports, our guest. Pat, I, I, I hate bringing this up because, frankly, I'm, I'm totally sick of it. But um, Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M, is, is this the nightmare that the NCAA did not see coming? Oh, boy. You know, I mean, every year there's some sort of nightmare the NCAA doesn't see coming. I mean, it, it's, it's an absolute quagmire of unintended consequences that result from all the rules that they put together you know there's always something they they don't see coming but the 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 thing you know when it's a heisman trophy winner and the most captivating player in college football that's kind of in the crosshairs of an investigation it's uh you know it's 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 bad news for college football as a whole but it's reality i mean you know these sort of things are going on out there and you know, the players signing autographs, getting paid for them, allegedly. You know, Johnny Manziel says, no, that didn't happen. Texas A&M says they haven't seen any proof it happened. Uh, can they Can they find proof? I don't know. But there's a whole lot of smoke, uh, even if they don't get the fire. And I think it's damaging to Johnny Manziel's reputation, to Texas A&M and to college football as a whole. Do, are, is this event taking us another step closer to the bigger conferences, breaking away from the NCAA? I don't think so, because... I think they realize they need to have a governing body, and there there needs to be somebody that's monitoring the rules. They need to have traffic cops out there. I think every conference realizes that. The question is, I think do we do we get a a, a different look at the rules? Uh, you know, if, if they have a division four is what they've been talking about within the NCAA for the big time schools, and do they have a somewhat different rule book? Uh, they would certainly have a smaller voting body or just be those schools voting on the rules for that 
uh, that level, and, and maybe they, they vote in some things that allow players to accept more money or that sort of thing. But I don't think they break away from the NCAA. Pat, the LSU fans will be mad at me if I don't ask you about your outlook for the Tigers and Les Miles up there in Baton Rouge. Absolutely. No, I mean, as usual, always a very interesting team, and that stems somewhat from Les Miles and from all the talent there. You know, they've got a ton of people to replace on defense, but LSU's one of those places where two and three deep, they just got talent stacked on top of talent. So if they get some guys to step up and come through, they should be very good on that side of the ball again. The big question is quarterback play. And Zach Mettenberger was brought in with a lot of hype and a lot of accolades and really struggled most of the year last year against Alabama. He looked like a guy who could be that big-time quarterback. Uh, and then he backslid and was bad in the bowl game against Clemson. You know, I, I think quarterback play will be huge. I think they'll you know, be able to run the ball. They'll be able to play good defense. The one thing that we haven't seen under Les Miles in, in quite a while is, is just a quarterback that can be an absolute game-changer uh, you know, with his arm and be able to make plays. And I think if, if that happens, LSU can be right there yet again this year. All right, Pat, as you make your schedule for where you're going to go, at least uh, early on in the college football season, I know a lot of it will have to do with an angle that you're looking at or a, a contender that you want to check out. But is there a campus in this country that you go to almost every year just because you love going to see college football there? Uh, you know, really kind of the news dictates where I go, but I can tell you I'm always I'm always excited when I can go to Georgia because I love Athens and I love the stadium there. I uh, love going to LSU, the festivities that, you know, in there and uh, the food in New Orleans is great. Austin is a phenomenal city. Um, you know, most of the places in the SEC are great. I love going to Notre Dame. Uh, especially if you can get there, you know, when the leaves are turning and, and you're getting some fall in the air, it's it's a uh, it's a great great place. So there's a bunch of them, uh, and I, I you know you just kind of have to wait and see how the the game shape up and who's doing well at that particular time. But I, I don't usually complain about my travel schedule because I get to go to a lot of neat spots. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports, our guest. All right, Pat. Before I let you go, I'm I'm told that you are an unabashed lover of the Denver Broncos. Um, so I can't let you get out of here without asking whether or not you think the Broncos are Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> well, it's a bad time to ask after the debacle in Seattle uh, <laughs> over the weekend where they lose by 30 points. Uh, Derek Wolf hurts his neck. Champ Bailey hurts his foot. Wes Welker tweaks his ankle. Uh, you have two returns of over 100 yards for touchdowns against you. I mean, that was that was gruesome. I know it's preseason, and that doesn't matter, but my gosh. Uh I think the Broncos are going to be really good. I hope so. I'm still not over the post-traumatic stress disorder of watching that bomb by the Ravens uh, to put the playoff game in overtime, especially the more the Ravens won and kept going and then they win the Super Bowl, the worse and worse that play got in retrospect. I'm hopeful Denver is going to the Super Bowl, but it's been a while since that happened, so I'm not sure I'm ready to get out there and, and put my heart on the line and say it's going to happen. I've got to think there's there's a support group for guys like you. I'm sure there's one out there. <laughs> I need it, that's for sure. But, you know, I, Saints, Saints fans, Broncos fans, and, and there's 30 other teams out there that live and die on Sundays, and uh, hopefully it goes well for my team and for yours. And everybody's perfect this time of year. You're right about that. Um, <laughs> hey, Pat, this was a real pleasure. I hope that you'll join us from time to time to keep us updated on things. Happy to do it, Sean. Thank you. Matt Forty from Yahoo Sports, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Lots more to come after these messages.
somewhere. In a town like the one you're in, there is a person like you headed to a store to buy Bud Light. However, these Bud Lights give you a chance to win prizes that are best described as music firsts, like Monster DNA headphones, access to tracks and merchandise from today's hottest artists, and even tickets to one of Bud Light Music First's history-making 5051 concerts on August 1st. But before people like you can win, they need to head to a place where Bud Light is sold. It's finally here, Bud Light Music First. Enter the code inside specially marked packages of Bud Light for your chance to win one of over 500,000 music prizes all summer long. Visit BudLight.com slash Music First for rules and more information. Bud Light Music First. It's the sound of history being made. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Ends 8-15-13. To play without purchase, mail your name, email address, and age to Music First Game. P.O. Box 753-726, El Paso, Texas, 88575. Void where prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7-365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. What a great show today. I want to thank John DeShazer and David Wesley for stopping by. Producer Dan, D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports and John Stinchcomb as well. We had a full Monday for you, didn't we? Uh, news about Seneca Wallace and other Saints player personnel moves perhaps later today. We're waiting on confirmation of those things. Um, stay tuned, of course, to NewOrleansSaints.com for the latest on that front. Don't forget to tell your friends, this show is now available on iTunes and also via the new Saints app, which is fantastic. Had real-time stats in my hand and all the content during the game on Friday night. If you haven't checked it out, do so. It is free and fits quite nicely on your mobile device. Otherwise, we'll see you online at pelicans.com and neworleanssaints.com. New show for you tomorrow at 1. Plenty more to bring you this week. We're going to effort to bring you some really great guests. I'm thinking I'd like to get Eric Gordon on the show, so stay tuned for that. Maybe Jimmy Graham, too, and uh, and we'll talk food, I think, on Thursday. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.